Praise the Lord. The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. All right, let's quickly get into our teaching for this morning. Let's open our Bible to the book of Psalms again. We are going to start by declaring the glory of God. Let's read this morning from the book of Psalm number 47. Psalm number 47. Again, let me just remind us, let's do this in our homes. Let's not do this here only. Let's do this in our homes. Do it on your own. You wake up in the morning. I mean, as you are starting your day, do it. Just take a portion of the scriptures. I find the Psalms quite um, exciting. And I read them out. All right, are you there? No, what do we normally do? We read it how? Loud. All right, good. All right, one, two, let's go. Oh, clap your hands, all peoples. Shout to God with the voice of joy. For the Lord most high is to be feared, a great king over all the earth. He subdues peoples under us and nations under our feet. He chooses our inheritance for us, the glory of Jacob whom he loves. Five. God has ascended with a shout. The Lord with the sound of a trumpet. Sing praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises to our king. Sing praises. For God is the king of all the earth. Sing praises with a skillful sound. God reigns over the nations. God sits on his holy throne. The princes of the people have assembled themselves as the people of the God of Abraham. For the shield of the earth belongs to God. He is highly exalted. Amen. I said amen. amen. I like this part. I said he is the king of all the earth. He's the king of Nigeria. Amen. The Lord Most High is to be feared, a great king over all the earth. Now, people of God, listen to this. He subdues peoples under you. That's the word for the church of God in this nation. Amen. He subdues peoples under you. Amen. He subdues people under, peoples under you. I said he subdues peoples under you. Amen. The Lord subdues the nations under your feet. Amen. I'm speaking to the church of God in this nation. The Lord subdues the nations under your feet. Amen. Don't ever forget that. The Lord subdues the nations under our feet. Amen. The Lord is good. Amen. Let's take our declaration of understanding as we begin to study. One to let's go. Amen. The Lord has given us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, and have been filled with the knowledge of his will, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I am walking in a manner worthy of the Lord, I am pleasing him in all respects, I am bearing fruit in every good work, and I am increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again I incline my ears to his word, God is entering my heart, it is giving me light and direction, it is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 I said amen. amen. The Lord is good. Let's take our seats quickly. Now let's continue from where we were last time. Um, okay, let's just read that portion of the scriptures. We are going to start from the book of Luke chapter 12 again. Well, there are two of them we want to read from the book of Luke. Maybe, how do I handle that? All right, let's look, read both of them. I'll try and be quick in reading both. Then I will, um, I have a number of scriptures to read today, quite a bit. 
I'm just thinking, which one do I start with? There are so many of them. All right, let's start from that book of Luke chapter 9. They will now go to the book of Luke chapter 12. From verse 57. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, The foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. And he said to another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, permit me first to go and bury my father. But he said to him, Allow the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim everywhere the kingdom of God. Another also said, I will follow you, Lord, but first permit me to say goodbye to those at home. But the Lord said to him, No one, after putting his hand on the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. Please bear these things in mind. Um, Okay, quickly, let's open to the book of Luke, chapter 12. That same book of Luke. I'm just going to, I'm going to come back to this in a moment. All right, Luke, chapter 12. Now, for time's sake, I'm just going to read just a few of the verses. We have um, a long one, but it's a portion we know which is similar to what Matthew also recorded in chapter 5 into chapter 6. Okay, I'll start from verse 22, but just a few lines. And he said to his disciples, For this reason I say to you, do not worry about your life as to what you will eat, nor for your body as to what you will put on. For life is more than food and the body more than clothing. He said, consider the ravens, you know, the way they are. They don't um, have storerooms, yet the Father feeds them. He said, God feeds them, but you are more valuable than the birds. Now, which one of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his lifespan? Now, if you cannot do even a very little thing, why do you worry about other matters? Say, consider the lilies, they don't, look at how they grow, they don't toil, they don't spin. They're just where God kept them, yet Solomon in all his glory did not clothe himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass in the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, how much more will he clothe you, you men of little faith? And do not seek what you will eat or what you will drink, and do not keep worrying. For all these things the nations of the world eagerly seek. But your father knows that you need these things. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Do not be afraid. This is where we're going, verse 32. Do not be afraid, little flock. For your father has chosen gladly to give you the kingdom. He said, don't be afraid. Sell your possessions, verse 33, and give to charity. Make yourselves money belts which do not wear out, an unfailing treasure in heaven, where no thief comes near, nor moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now, um, this was where we ended last time. And what I said I wanted to teach us last time, which <laughs> I at least scratched, was, you know, we are looking at what a running the race that is set before us. And one of the things I have found out I read that also from Solomon. He said this, I have found out, that Ecclesiastes chapter 7. He said, God made men upright, but they did what? They sought out many devices. Now, what struck me about that is that many times, discovering what God wants us to do is not as hard as we might think. Normally, what prevents us from knowing it is these many devices that we seek. That is, goal, our path will have been easy, except that we are pursuing other things. So many times when it comes to knowing the will of God and following God's plan for our lives, the main problem are those other devices, other things that we are seeking. 
It is not as if, you know, sometimes people want to pray. Please, I need to go over this again. All right? I need to just keep correcting people. People think you will pray and pray until God speaks to you. God speaking to you is not as important as you understanding God. Please let me say that again. This obsession among Pentecostals that you will pray until God speaks to you, I think is not a good thing. We make it look like it's a sign of spirituality. I say it again, it is not. Spirituality is understanding God. Voices, even if from God, are not reliable. When I say, what it is, I'm basing on scripture. I'm basing on the word of God. That's what I'm saying. See, well, you just said, even if it is from God, Balaam heard from God and he was going to die. That's what I mean. Balaam went to God and said, can I go? God said, don't go. The people are blessed. So you can't join Balak to go and curse them. So Balaam said, thank you. And he went and told the emissaries, I've been denied. I can't follow you people. So those ones went to Balak and said, this was what Balaam said. Balak said, what do you mean? Everyone has a prize. Offer Balak, Balaam more money. Then they came back with more money. This time around, he didn't send junior ministers. He sent the ministers and the prime minister. People more powerful. And they came with more cash, more offerings. Like the man of God that said, a man, politician in his church says, please come and pray so that my candidates might win. And he says, sorry, we are a church, I'm a pastor, we can't take sides, we'll just pray for the peace of the elections, we'll pray for everybody that the, the man said, wait, pastor, I'm coming. He opened that, brought an envelope and gave to pastor. Pastor opened it, saw $20,000. He took the man and said, please follow me to the altar. It's a very shameful story. You know what makes it shameful? He was being told by the pastor himself as a sign of what your seed can do for you. That's what makes it shameful. That the man who did it is the one, was the one telling the story. That when I saw the offering, is that not Balaam? When I saw the offering, I got involved, like the Bible says, in the madness of the prophet. It's called the prophetic madness. <laughs> you see, that's what they did with Balaam. They brought more money. Now, let me not miss my track. All right? So they brought more money. What did Balaam do? He went back to God. That was a mistake. He should never have gone back. That was where he went, got it wrong. You thought, you know when they brought money and offered uh, Peter? Did you see the way he was provoked? Did you see the way he got angry with a fellow believer, a young Christian? If he's today saying, no, don't hurt his feelings. He may not come back to church. What concerns Peter? If you don't come back to church, you will go to hell. That's all. Why are we making it look like you're doing me a favor? Why are you making it look like you're doing me a favor by coming? You're not doing me a favor. Peter looked at him and said, your money perish with you. Now that's Peter. Let's go back to God. This man brought money to God. That's Balaam this time. You know, Balak brought the money. Balaam went to God and said, ah, God, they've come. Should I go with them this time? Now please remember, what I'm trying to emphasize is that God now said to him, what? God said to him, what? Did God even give instructions? Yes. He said, when you get there, say only one. So it wasn't like, just go now. Even though it was just go now. But when Balaam was hearing, he was hearing clearly. You will go. You will speak only that which I speak to you. You will say to Balak, this is the word of the Lord. Hey, pray. God did everything for Balak. No voice you want here. The question, was Balaam supposed to go? No. How do we know? Because God sent an angel to kill him. So you heard a voice. 
that's why I keep on saying it does not impress me. And please, pastor, stop telling people to go and pray to hear voices. Everybody hears what they want to hear. Everybody hears what is deep inside their heart too. And they all sound like God. The most important thing for the believer is to understand that which pleases God as a principle. A believer should know how God reasons. That is spirituality. It is only after you have obeyed all of that and some confusion still remains. A bit of confusion is still there. That is when God would now supernaturally, please, you know I've been recommending books in the last um, few meetings. Again, please go and read my book, Guided by the Spirit. As you are listening to me, if you are online, just go to our website. You will see it there. Download it. It is free to download. Well, not really free. What do you pay? You share it. So once you download it, you have made a commitment to share. That's all we are asking for. That's all we are asking for. Just share. In the book, I explain that in detail. So hearing the voice of God is not the most important thing. What is most important is that what? You understand how God reasons. I'm not saying, now please don't get me wrong. I am not saying God does not speak to people. I didn't say that. But I think we emphasize it too much to the detriment of the thing that really matters. So I've seen prayer people that don't study scriptures. I've seen them before. They can pray, but they can't sit down to hear anything. They always pray. They go to Okwara Square to pray. They go to stadium to pray. They go to their bedroom to pray. They are praying everywhere. But they can't tell you, this teacher of the world said this. This other one said this. Paul said this. And they quote script. The only thing they can quote is prayer manual. That is why they easily fall for all kinds of prayer leaders that show up. It's always, no, they are, like, uh, we're, was it yesterday we were talking here? You were, you were saying that there's no revival. You were quoting somebody, right? Yes. That there, were you quoting somebody? You were just saying it. Okay. That there's no true revival that does not affect the, the, morality, the morality of the people. Anytime you see a prayer revival, that all they are doing is killing witches, killing demons. All right? It's a demonic revival. Yes. I say it boldly. If you see a prayer revival, one day I was talking with one lady. I went somewhere up north to preach. So they said somebody wanted to see me. Make a long story short, happened to be somebody that related to one of our brothers here who I had met before. So that's why she asked to see me. So we, we started talking and everything. So which church do you go to? Say she goes to one prayer, one church where they pray a lot. When she mentioned the name of the church, I said, that's the church you go to. I, I said, no, my sister, can't you find another church? And I meant it. He said, no, no, why she likes the church that they make me pray. I said, but you're not praying. You're just shouting and venting. You may as well go and see a psychiatrist, a psychologist. It's true, because what you just want to do is vent. Because your prayer point is, all my enemies, the destiny destroyers, that's all you are praying. And you say you are praying. You're not praying. You want to hear the truth? You are joking. You know now. Have you seen any effect in your life? No. Let's be honest with ourselves. All of you do that such things. Your amount of fear has only increased. 
Every day you have more things to pray for. Yesterday was destiny distress. Today is destiny hindrance. Tomorrow will be destiny arresters. Then destiny, destiny tormentors. Then destiny inverters. Destiny switchers. People of God, those things are not prayer. They are not. They are absolutely ineffective prayer. And what, that is what happens when people don't focus on study of scripture. Those days, I don't, I've not encountered people like that in recent times. But they used to say things like, you know, your own area is the word. Their own area is prayer. That is stupid. It has no meaning. You can't be an effective prayer, you know, prayer warrior, an intercessor, except you are first of all a student of the word. Because Jesus said, my word must abide in you before you can ask the Father anything. I've heard people make it look like, you know, your area is the word. This person's area is prayer. It, that thing has no meaning. Go and listen to Gordon Hagen. I was listening to him this last week. And the Lord instructed him. In fact, you know, as I'm saying, I realize that the same thing we even do here, Seth, on Tuesdays. I didn't even realize until I was saying it now. Because I didn't start school of prayer because I liked to teach on prayer. I was meditating. We used to have school of Bible exegesis. You remember that? It was while praying one day that the Holy Spirit dropped in my heart. You will start teaching on prayer. Initially, I was switching the two. I do school of prayer. Then, school of, then after a while, the other one disappeared. And every day, I have something to teach about prayer. It was, I still remember, it was when I was living in the, what's it called, off of Umoji. I was upstairs in my sitting room that day, you know. I was just praying. The thing just dropped in my heart. I knew it was the Spirit of God. That was how I began school of prayer. Kenneth Hagin said the Lord told him, go and teach the people how to pray. Teach it both by precept and by example. Okay. And I have a lot of those messages where the man, they just go for, just like, you know, but he's tend to be long. Like, they do morning and evening for a whole week. So in the mornings, they would, he would teach on prayer and they will pray. You should listen to all of them. All they do, just like I do, what he does is teach. You teach for an hour, they pray for like 15 minutes. That is effective praying. So for someone to tell you that, look, your area is the word, my my own area is prayer, tell the person, bros, there is nothing like that. Sis, this is confusion. If you are a true student of the word, prayer will naturally come out of your mouth all the time. If you are a prayer warrior, your prayer is ineffective except the word fills your heart. They can't give you a prayer manual that page one today, prayer against destiny destroyer. And you look at it, and what you're thinking about is that somebody out there. Let me tell you, okay. You know, one day I said I'm going to do a series on a prayer seminar on radio. Maybe one day God will let us do it. Okay, now that we are having our own radio station, maybe we'll start doing it. Yeah, seriously. At least once a week, <laughs> maybe we'll start doing it. I said I'm going to do a series titled Prayer Against Destiny Destroyers. I also want to do it. <laughs> you now know what the real destiny destroyers are. I can give you a sneak preview. What is destiny destroyers? I will tell you. Laziness. Lying. Lack of focus. All forms of sins. Iniquity. Refusal to believe God. Not paying attention to the word of God. Those are the destiny destroyers. Who knows any other one that I've not mentioned? Refusal to accept the forgiveness of God. Pursuing the assignment that is not your own. 
God said, go and sacrifice Isaac on Mount Moriah. You carry Ishmael to Mount, Mount Gibeah. To... <laughs> Those are the destiny destroyers. Disobedience to God. Those are destiny destroyers. If you are thinking that one witch sitting under a tree somewhere is your destiny destroyer, you are a confused human being. If I know, now I have to gather more boldness to speak. After what um, John said yesterday, that I posted something, people started getting angry. In fact, I've heard, see, that kind of anger I've heard it before. Was this thing I said about politics? Because they think I, every Christian should gather behind the candidate. And I said, no, it's, that's a satanic agenda to destroy Christianity in Nigeria. Do you hear what I said? Uh, let me tell you another one I said. I will say many things. So that those who want to get angry can be getting angry and you know, log, you know me to log out. Log out into hellfire. It doesn't concern me really. Just, 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 I'm carrying you to heaven. I'm carrying you to God. I'm carrying you to go and see the face of the Father so that you know what he's saying about your life so you can bless this nation. Satan wants to deceive you and send you into further bondage. You think I should come with you? I will not. The Spirit has possessed me. Now let me quickly, quickly stay there so that, before, so that I can go back to what I was saying before. This is another thing that I said is wrong. I heard that um, Pastor Peter and Co. gathered and started political arm of their ministry. So that uh, it's not the one, but some other people like him. So they can mobilize support for their members who are running for political office. Hear the word of the prophet. That your member will be possessed by an evil spirit from God. That the leader of that group will be possessed by an evil spirit from God. You remember Saul? Yes. Whoever leads that group in that your church, he will be possessed by an evil spirit sent by God. Just like Saul was. He will be mad. The spirit of corruption will come into that assembly. The people will be more corrupt than before. Was that not what Samuel warned them when they wanted Saul as a king? I am warning you too. The way Samuel warned Israel. Uh, yes, and he did not listen. This political gathering that Christians want to now do, they think is where their strength is coming from. Hear the word of the Lord. As I spoke through Samuel to my people and they did not listen. And the whole nation came under judgment. The annoying part was that Saul succeeded for the first few months. Then Israel went into worse problems. It's the same thing that the church wants to do again. That's why I'm giving you the warning. You cannot as a church start a department to be mobilizing support for your member that wants to run for political office. That is a wide door for Satan into your assembly. He's a man of God. What should we do? And that's an important question. I will tell you what to do. You can start, just like you have business teachings. Like here, we do business by the Spirit. You can do politics by the Spirit. Teach the people the precepts of God. It's not about mobilizing support. Teach them the precepts of God. They must hear the law of righteousness. They must know how to operate politics by the spirit. Let them go and operate the things that you have taught them. And may the Lord do that which is pleasing in his sight. I will say it again. The church in Nigeria, listen. These attempts to gather you into a group, a block, a voting block is satanic. I don't aim to be popular. In fact, I'm saying it more now because I've seen how unpopular these statements have been. 
So I shall say it again. I don't think Jeremiah was exactly a popular human being. Neither was Amos. By that same spirit, I'm instructing the church in this nation. Don't fall for a satanic trap. Temptations are called temptations because they are tempting. If Satan wants to trap people, he has to offer them a fruit. He has to offer them something to gain. He has to deceive them into thinking they have strength where they don't. Do I look up to the hills? Will my help come from there? He said, no, my help comes from the Lord. It is a satanic agenda. When people start undermining the power of the Almighty, that's that's the problem. That's why we went the way of talking, went the way it went. Please do not argue with ignorant people. People who have not read the scriptures, who don't know why talking went the way it went, and they are telling you why it went the way it went, and they have no reference. They said Islam took over Turkey. The question is why? Is it not in our scriptures why? Did Jesus not tell them that I'm the one that will remove your candlestick out of his place? The church in Nigeria, please listen to me. You are being deceived. You are being deceived. Old prophets are deceiving you. You want to know where your strength is? In repentance and in rest will you be saved. But I said no. We will run on horses. We will run. He said, those who are running against you, they will be swift also. And I actually heard one of the people that you are running against utter this word. As I'm saying, I realized that it was given by the Spirit. He said, if you want to go this way, we will, we will amplify about going that way too. And actually, it's the word of God. He said, they too will be swift. Our help comes from the Lord. Satan said, this is what we keep on saying. And then, yes, because the time for your liberation, two things. One, you don't even know what they call liberation. And that time does not come until repentance is perfected in the midst of thee. People don't know what they call liberation. So the average southern Christian, liberation is when a southern Christian is head of state. You had one for seven years. Did you not vote him out? Not his fault. He's incapacitated by the unbelief of the people. The church in Nigeria may tell you, no, I've said it, I will say it again. No president will save you. When Israel was, oh my God, can't you see the deception? It goes on again and again. And the Bible says these things were recorded for our learning. When Israel was waiting for a deliverer, you know what they were waiting for? A Messiah, a military ruler, will be both a political and military ruler, who will come and shake off the shackles of the Romans. What did God give them? A tender little child, gentle and lowly, born in a manger, anointed with the whole of heaven. But who went around preaching where John ended? Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. What shall we do? (laughs) He said, go and see no more. Ah, What about the Romans? If they slap you on the right cheek, turn the left. What did you say? If they say, give me your coat, give them your shirt also. Excuse me. If they say, go with me one mile, go with him too. What are you saying? Will you submit ourselves to oppression more than before? They said, no, crucify him. That was their solution. Crucify the man who has come to liberate you. I still say it boldly. When I look at the United States of America from outside, as dispassionately as possible, 
the worst experience in modern times for the black people in that country is that Barack Obama made it to be president. Now listen, I rejoice the day he did. For me, it was a sign of something else. But after I watched Jeroboam in office for eight years, after I watched this Jeroboam in office for eight years, it hit me that this man is just sending his people back into bondage. And that the man who came after him, even though despised by people who wanted freedom, did more for their freedom than the brother they kept up there. If you know what I mean by brother there. Why? Because deliverance is first spiritual. If you feel you are in bondage for any reason, your deliverance is spiritual. It's not a physical deliverance. That was why Jesus came first of all. Preaching, in fact, he first sent John ahead of him. John got them ready for the Messiah. He preached just one thing. Repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus came, took it off from there. Repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. Then they went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. They thought the Romans were the oppressors. No! The devil was the oppressor. I want the people of God to know. God, you see, we read it this morning. He is king. He sits on his throne. He rules over all the earth. You know, BBC did a documentary on the warlords of, uh, the, 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 what do you call it? Something bandits. How do you call them now? The bandit warlords of Zamfara. When I watched it, eh, at several points, tears came out of my eyes. At the point, I even got on my knees and began to pray. I wasn't even praying for the Zamfara people or for Nigerian people. I was praying for my children and everyone who listens to the word that I preach. Certain reasons. I won't go into that now. Then I looked at Zamfara. I said, why Zamfara? And I knew why. Because many years ago, a man stood up against the Lord and defiled the land. And the Lord visited his indignation against that land. I looked at it. I felt, I felt very bad. There was one scripture that... <laughs> which prophet was the one speaking? Hi. Which prophet is that one again? Is, is, I think it's Isaiah, yes. So in spite of all of this, his hand is still raised. That his anger is not yet over. Wow. <laughs> it was Isaiah that was saying it. It described the desolation of the people. He said, no, no, no. But he said, but his anger is still remaining now. His hand is still upraised. Yeah, I wish I could find the scripture. I didn't know I was going to quote it. It was Isaiah that was speaking. God said, he beat Israel. And there was no skin to beat again. Everywhere was sore. Say so yet, my anger is not finished. Because of the iniquity of the people. You know, we talk these days as if God does not judge iniquity. And the painful part for me is Christians, like I said last time, who speak like that also. They see calamity. They don't say, what's going on? Do you know when I watched that um, BBC documentary of the problem in Zamfara, which is not only Zamfara, you know, just that, that is the, that's, where, that's the worst hit place. But it's there in Kaduna. It's there in the states around it's even pushing down south. For certain reasons, it's not as intense. When I heard the warlord speak, and I realized that there are only two options to end that thing. That is, either there is revival, and truth is preached, and people believe, and intercession is intensified, all of it put together. Intercession which must involve people who 
who owned that land, who, who grew up there, who, who claimed the place as theirs. People like us will join, but it's not as intense as somebody came out from there. That's number one. That's the best option. Or the fight will go on until there's, there remains no human being standing. It's the way scripture works, so it's spiritual. I just heard them talk. I said, no, no human being can end this. Because that's become a circle. Isn't that amazing? We sit down in the south and say some things, and I heard the fight there was between houses and Fulanis. And if the house man will go on the road, when he's angry, and kill any Fulani man he sees. Unfortunately, the one he sees to kill are not bandits. The one girl that was interviewed said they set their house on fire with she, her siblings, and her mother in the room. And when she was speaking, whole body burnt. The whole back, arms. They are Fulanis. And the Fulani bandits will see that. And they go to the next house or village and kill everybody. They're not looking for money. They're not looking for anything. They just want to kill everybody. You know, the head of the band is they asked him, you kidnap people? He said, no. He says, my boys that do that. I don't kidnap people. I kill people. He said, I just go out to kill them. How many have you killed? He said, I've lost count. You want to know, understand scripture? Consider these things. That's why sometimes God will tell people. Okay, everybody. Now, the scripture doesn't record everything. Because if it did, I wonder what space Google will have to even store the account, especially if he has to go with images. But you can understand sometimes God will send to the people, repent, they will not hear. After a while, he will call David, go over there, kill everybody, even children. I don't want anybody to survive. Yeah, that's why he does it. After a while, he said, go over there, wipe everybody out. More than they will read it and say, how can God be so mean? Because if you know what I went through, they stretched my patience until there was no remedy. See, you must understand. The Bible says that they are not, even if they annoyed God until there was no remedy. It is not every time God accepts sacrifices. He said, this one cannot be atoned for by offering or by sacrifice. Sorry. So God will warn Amalek, don't do this. Don't do this. He will send people amongst them to speak up. Then he will shut those ones down. Then after a while, he says, Samuel, come, tell Saul, do, do a job for me. Wipe everybody out. Everybody. Even children, I don't want, I don't care. He said, I don't care. Everybody. Why? They are too polluted. There are things about scripture you can't understand unless you see things going on around. I, when, when I watched that, I said, this is why. After a while, God said, okay, I want to reclaim that land. So he said, what is the solution? Everybody. Those days, he used to give an express command. One pharaoh will just show up. He's angry. One Assyrian king will show up. He's angry. Oh, the, the, you know, the Romans, they were like that too. But those people were like that those days. When you have annoyed them, what happened to them? The Jews annoyed them. Now, they thought the Jews annoyed them because they kept on raising rebellion. The zealots will arise. They kept on raising rebellion after Jerusalem. So one day, one Caesar just said, it's enough. Clean out the place for me. But what Jesus actually said is that what caused that was not their rebellion against the Romans. He said two things caused it. Number one, all the prophets that were killed in Jerusalem from Abel, 
So we believe that that was around where they killed Abel. <laughs> to Zechariah. He now said, that's one group. No, there are three reasons. Then the next one, they killed Jesus. Okay, that's the second reason. Let's just say one. They killed Jesus and his own prophets. That's the second reason. But so I will avenge myself on this land. So Jesus warned his people. See, what's going to happen is that you will see the armies begin to surround Jerusalem. So they know that her desolation has come. So what did Romans do? The Romans came in also and killed everybody inside. Historians will rewrite what happened. The zealots did this one. Listen, the zealots were zealous. Let me just tell you people something. Uh, human means, Nigerians will listen, fairly Christians. Your zeal can never deliver you. People think it's mobilizing with zeal that brings forth deliverance. I laugh. Let me tell you how bad the zealots were. I saw one account say they want to take an oath. Everybody takes an oath by cutting off his own finger. Now, you want to talk about determination? I don't mean they, they cut, uh, no. The leader brought out his little finger. As he's talking, he thinks he saw, bam, cut off his finger. Each of his men came, one, bam, on the same place, cut off their little fingers, shed blood. Then the Romans were not pulling back. I'm talking about zeal. God said, but you don't understand. My hand that still raised is coming down. Be zealous from now till tomorrow. The Romans took all the zealots and killed. Some of them saw the Romans coming. Ready, they had lost. They, they committed suicide. Romans didn't care. They started breaking everything and burning everything. Pulled down the whole temple. Pulled down the whole city. And they faced the temple that was supposed to be the seat of their God. Romans said, let me show you that my God is more powerful than your own. Why did the Romans did not know that you are answering the call of their God? Their God sent you against them. So they pulled down the whole temple until the word of the Lord Jesus Christ was fulfilled. That said, there will be left not one stone standing on top of another. What you are seeing that they call the wailing wall is the foundation of the temple. The temple itself, gone. What makes me laugh? Just by the another laughing point. Some people say they will build. Men I respect get involved in that thing. That they are going to rebuild the temple in Jerusalem so that Jesus can come. So Jesus said, did he not tell you? What fun. He said it himself. You, are, you and I are now being built up as what? Living stones into a house. Jesus is not coming to another shrine. You know where he's coming to? I'll tell you. See the way we have gathered here. He will come in and take a seat. Please, let me just beg you as an aside. Fill your house with peace. Yeah, it's important. Fill your house with peace. Because Jesus will not sit down there. If you and your wife are always quarreling, the children are very unruly. It doesn't, children are unruly. They don't obey their parents, you know, and they shout morning till evening. Jesus will look and say, me, sit here. You know, he goes to homes. Say, if a man loves me, he will keep my word. Then the father will love him. Then I and the father will come and make our abode with his house. So, that's where God comes to. He's not, Jesus is not going to go to Jerusalem. You know, the architect gathering money. I saw architects in the architectural drawing of the temple they are planning to build. If you give money to such a project, you are an idol worshiper. Do you hear what I said? If someone says you want to go and build a temple in Jerusalem, so I just can come back. You know, the same Jerusalem where. But you know that Jerusalem, where you all go for tourism, where I cannot go just for, for the sake of not confusing people. I'd rather go to Abu Dhabi. Yeah. I, I, I go to which, which video did you see yesterday? Because my wife and I, one man said, See, all my village will say I will never go to Dubai. Yeah. Never go. You saw this video. 
said, I'm in Dubai now. I'm in Dubai now. Look at my bed. It's a Dubai bed. Somebody <laughs> tapped and said, but leave this thing. You didn't go Atlantic for here. Why did you? <laughs> he said, hey, they don't spoil the video. <laughs> I'd rather go to Eco Atlantic. I'm telling you. You know why I won't go? No, no. For those of you who go to Israel for tourism, I have no problem with it. Why I can't go is that they will say, Banky 2 went. That's all. So if I want to go, I'll first go to Mecca first. Then from Mecca, I will trek there. <laughs> and that's a joke. That's just a joke, okay? But my emphasis is that God is not there. Jesus is not there. You know where Jesus is? Your sitting room. Fill your house with peace. He will come there. If you want to meet the Lord, eh? just gather your friends, your family. Offer sacrifices. You know what they call sacrifices? I'll tell you. Praise, worship, and then break bread, communion. And Jesus is there. It's as there as it can be. Don't travel. So people go travel to a tomb. And my friend who went, his own apologies didn't go. They say, okay, be our chaplain to follow these people. He said, Pastor Bank, man, I see things. <laughs> he said, do you know? He said, he said, Pastor Bank, do you know? People were running on the ground. They said, this is, this is the tomb of Jesus Christ. Even Jesus got up and left the place. What are you looking for? <laughs> I don't understand for human beings. Jesus left a place. That's the bloody place you are now going. You didn't ask him, oh God, why you come out for here? What did Jesus say? Wherever I am, there you will be also. Not where I have left. The Lord is good. That, I said that's just an aside. All right? Back to what I said. God brought his judgment against the land. Even the temple was destroyed. It was. Why? It was his anger. It was his judgment. So please, people of God, what am I going to say? Real, revi- real deliverance is a spiritual revival. We are in Eastern Nigeria. Let's talk Biafra matters. Oh, do I get their own problem? But I'm a prophet in Biafra. Sorry, DSS, I mean, Eastern. What is that saying? I'm, I've joined the. IPOB. <laughs> I just want to address issues here. Anybody who feels oppressed, I use the word feel. There's a reason why I emphasize the word feel. Because by the time Fulanis tell you they want to kidnap the president and kidnap the governor of Kaduna State, both of whom are Fulanis. Oh, you did not know your president is a Fulani man? You knew. You didn't know that the Kaduna governor is a Fulani man? Am I mistaken? That's your state governor. Yes, a Fulani man. Why? Anger. The same people you are angry with, that they are killing people, killing farmers, which is, you're not lying. They, 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 they admit that they did. That man said, why do you? He said, yes. He said, we like to embarrass the government. They asked, said, don't you think that what you are doing is wrong? He said, when, he said, have you not, you hear what that guy said? He said, have you not heard that every time you do something evil, a mark is placed on your heart. He said, after a while, your heart is full of marks. The, he said, a black mark. Said the whole heart is black. You have no feelings anymore. They don't try to play conscience with him. He said, I don't have a conscience anymore. He said, You picked innocent girls. He said, Oh. He said, Well, I can tell them I'm sorry, but I have no regrets. See why I go, why is it world? That's what he said. You, you saw the video, those of you who did. It's a documentary, BBC documentary. Went to girls, school, school girls, picked, carried them. Why? He said, I have no feeling. Why does he not have feelings? Okay. He gave the background, and it's all over the place, that he doesn't have where to graze his cattle anymore. 
The farmers don't let him live. He said, so nobody said, people say that he shall, that the government is doing nothing about this whole thing. That he's oppressed. And the only way you can hear his voice is by what he's doing. He said, I protest with guns. So you, you think you are the <laughs> oh, you, you think you have problems. Everybody thinks they have problems. That's why I use the word feel. Everybody thinks they have problems. What is the solution, whether it is feel or real? What is the solution is what I'm saying. The solution is spiritual. We're in Eastern Nigeria here. You want the region to be free, and you're a Christian, and you think it's a political agenda that will lead to it. Let me first tell you what will happen to you as a Christian. I don't mean this. I'm not speaking out of anger. I believe I'm speaking by the Spirit of God. God will personally tackle you. He will frustrate you. He will punish you. If you don't listen, he will kill you. Do you know there are Christians, at least I know one, who have decamped from the Lord just to follow Nam Kanu? Listen, if you follow Nam Kanu and you follow his pronouncements on faith and religion, you have denied Jesus Christ. I hope you know that. You would have denied Christ Jesus. Be very careful. See, when you are following people on this earth, be careful. Check where they are leading you. Usually what people do when they want to bind you is lie to you that they are offering you freedom. They now put you in more bondage than you were before. Let me tell you something. It's only in Christ Jesus that there is freedom. If the Son shall set you free, that is when you are free indeed. Any other freedom that the Son did not give to you is an invitation into greater bondage. In Europe now, I didn't know what was going to start in my lifetime. They've started open worship of idols again. Yes. There are so many things to say. If you're a preacher, you're a leader. If you're a Christian, all right, you're a preacher and you're a leader amongst men. Please never, ever compromise truth for popularity. You know the reason why? The people you are trying to follow are actually looking for deliverance. But they pretend. They say you have to recognize, you know, gay rights, homosexual rights. Then you have to allow men, men, marry men. There's no problem. What you don't know, that deep inside their heart, they are saying, who will free me from this body of death? Deep inside their heart, that's what they are saying. Who will free me from this body of death? So essentially what they are testing is who will stand his ground. So they will tempt you to agree with them. Then when you refuse and say, I will agree with the Lord, they will start seeing people sneak into your house by night. Like Nicodemus. What must I do to be saved? But on the surface, no, 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 no. That's what they will be telling you. And the Anglican bishops will gather and be negotiating. David Parsons said, in a state, this was years ago, in the U.S., a whole Baptist church, not, not a whole church, had a meeting and unanimously converted to Islam. A whole church. That is, today they came to church, we are a church, a Baptist church in the U.S. Is it U.S. or U.K.? And other, between U.S. and Europe. Then the next Friday, they had removed the cross, they had a crescent, and they had gotten an imam. What was their confusion? What was the reason? You want to know the reason? They didn't have anything against the Lord directly. They said that the Baptist convention no longer had direction. 
So they saw a people that seemed to have direction. Have you ever heard Muslims discuss whether they can have homosexual clerics or not? Have you ever heard that discussion? Have you ever heard that? Now, some of them do it all. So sometimes they are more righteous than Christians. But have you ever heard that discussion? Have you ever heard any of these LGBT people go near a mosque and demand to be wedded in a mosque? No, have you ever heard it? No, please, if you have heard it, come and show me. Why did they go to do it? Church. And the church said, they are being, can you see how Satan has corrupted us? So that was what happened, that that whole church made up their minds that no. There are a group of people that know what they believe and they follow what they believe. Let's roll, let's roll with them. Now, I'm not saying they are right in doing that because apparently you yourself that are doing it, you don't even know what you believe. If you knew what you believe, like amongst the Anglicans, you see some of them are our former is it primates in Nigeria. That's how he made Time 100, one of the most influential people of the last century. That was Primate Akiola. The guy said, like, like, he went for synod in the UK. He said, all of you who are demon-possessed, come, let me cast out demons out of you. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he told them openly. He said, I will cast out this demon out of all of you. He said it to them openly. And the direct prince said, thank God for the African bishops. That's what the direct prince said. Now, I said that to let you know. Please, if you, understand, if you know truth, stick by it. Follow it. Don't try to be popular. Because the people that are trying to drag you towards them are actually looking for somebody who will stand his ground and say, this is what the Lord said. So when they are looking, sometimes when I speak, I tell people, listen, I don't expect everybody to believe me. But one day, they will need direction. That's what I say. That one day, they will need direction. Let me leave for them a reference point. So that's what I say to people. As a Christian, stand your ground in righteousness. That's what I was saying. I went somewhere. Many people have left and gone to follow a strange God in the name of liberating people. You want to know where true liberation is? Let's get back to our Eastern Nigeria Matabi. Now, this thing applies everywhere. I'm just saying this because we are in Enugu right now, which is de facto the capital of Eastern region. All right? So you can apply the same principle in Middle Belt. You can apply the same principle in Zamfara. You apply the same principle in Kaduna. Apply the same principle in Meduguri. It's everywhere. But I'm just speaking because we are in Eastern Nigeria here. All right? You want true deliverance? Gather your money. Gather your effort. Start revivals in villages. Let people start going house to house teaching the gospel, the balanced gospel. Don't even tell people, this will lead to your deliverance. No, no, just leave it. Just say, we are in bondage to Satan. Jesus will set us free from bondage, the domain of darkness. Jesus died for your sin and for my sin. Jesus died to reconcile us with the Father. Jesus died to set us free. You need to repent of your sins, believe in him, be baptized. Just preach it like that. They start teaching the precepts of God from village to village. From church, good enough, almost every village here has a church. Use prayer to drive out every idol worshiper in that church, whether it's a priest or prophet, whatever it is. Those who will not hear, I'm sorry to say, they will cross the road, they will fall, they will be in hospital for the next six months while you are teaching the word of God. If they still don't repent after six months, they will not come back home. God will give that space. And then you will kneel down and pray for such things to, to happen. 
we are enough, at least, I mean, generally we are enlightened. Are you getting my point? So, dearly, we have somebody from each village who, who is in a church. You preach it, so everybody will take his village and make it a prayer point. And start sending, pardon me to borrow the word, tithes and offerings for those projects. And then, you know, you know a lot of pastors exist these days. They are criminals. Yeah, they are criminals. And God is going to punish all of them, destroy them. God will repay them according to their works. And they have a short time to repent. You know what I'm saying? So, do you know these people go to pray on villagers? They do. What, what do I mean? They organize crusades in those rural areas to collect their money. Do you know they do that? Yeah, they will tell you that Enugu is full. Do you know, there are people that, listen to me, if you are like that, you will go. You won't return. It's not my desire. I just told you what the Spirit is saying. Do you know they will leave? They will leave. Th- I said they came to a friend of mine. He told me. Somebody came to him and said, bring money now, let's do program. They'll go to one. He said the returns will be good. You, even you know, you know the person I'm talking about. You know him. You know that my fellowship. You know we are three that coordinate it. Okay? The other, the other person is a lady. Yeah, the other man. Two men and one lady. You, me, I'm one man. So the other man is <laughs> the one. He told me what somebody told him. Bring money. Let's go and do pro- program. That the returns will be good. And their target is this, you know, rural, you know, those rural communities, small towns and all of that. Did that carry line miracles? Yeah. The Lord will arise and he will avenge himself of these adversaries of his. Amen. He will. Now, what I'm going to say, in, that's where our problem comes from. These are the people that, these are the avenues we are supposed to have used to liberate people. We should have gone to those areas and taught the real gospel. And spent our money on schools so that the children will come to learn A, B, C, D. At the same time, learn Genesis to Revelation. So that they will be brought up in a new culture. See, every culture on this earth, listen to what I want to say. Every culture on this earth has an expiry date. You know, many of the cultures we celebrate, they have expired. It's African culture, African culture. Adults will not sit down and be watching masquerade. And Europeans will be lying to you. They are helping you celebrate your heritage. UNESCO will even give your village, UNESCO heritage site. You know what God did? They had a lot of those UNESCO heritage sites in Syria and Iraq. God raised ISIS to destroy them. If you know the way God works, God looks and said, okay, 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 enough of these heritage sites. This is nothing but idolatry. So what do you do? He said, are there any mad people around? He said, yes. What are they called? He said, the ISIS. He said, okay, good. <laughs> Give the ISIS videoing themselves destroyed all those so-called UNESCO heritage sites. Then when they were done with destroying them, God now sent Russians <laughs> and um, Syrians to come and push them out. But the sites don't exist anymore. Do you know some of them were the burial sites of Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Daniel? And Jonah, those five men. That's why in Islam, eh, they have all kinds of sects. Some of those sects were still going to the tomb of Jonah to pray. Every culture has an expiry date. Every. So when you are, st- some of us are hugging cultures that are supposed to have passed away. We are hugging it. The, the next will not be. The, Please, you and you nurses over there, I hope you know that they are idol worshippers. So don't let them lead you in anything. 
Those were idol worshippers one by one. Some overtly, some of them are satanists. Some are just ignorantly following something. I'm telling you the truth. What am I going to say? You should send your money to those towns, those villages, build schools, form teachers who will teach a new generation in the way of the Lord. Who will say this is a culture. Stop holding that this is our culture. No, no, this is the culture you will live by now. God replaces old cultures with the culture of Christ. His aim is that everybody will practice the culture of Christ Jesus. You know what God wants? I'm telling you. God says you will, you will live one rural area in America, fly across to Africa, land in one rural area, and they'll be doing almost the same things. The only thing that will be different is just the kind of clothes they wear. Some will wear suit with tie. Some will wear danshiki. Some will tie rapper. You know, go to Rubo men and the job men. They come for ceremony with rapper. Now, when I tie rapper for wedding, I put belts under. Because, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't want to be in front. Something will not happen. I don't want to. <laughs> what they call wardrobe malfunction. I, I put my belt under. Roll it. Hold, take belt. Hold on. <laughs> what am I trying to say? That's all that God says will be different. But generally, you see, the same way they respect elders here, they respect elders here. The same way they honor parents here, they honor parents here. The same way they tell the truth here as a culture, they tell the truth here too as a culture. You know, one of those, um, those people in that video, I was saying, that doc- this documentary, said something, I said, God, this is what we are saying. He said, look, that the schools have been destroyed now. He said, now we are raising a generation of illiterates. This is a full animal talking. He used to be a bandit leader. He said, now, they are raising a generation of illiterates. Now, what do we think is going to happen to the next generation? People who don't know anything. Well, basically, saying that, look, those ones are going to be born soulless. Yes. That, he said they will have no knowledge of right or wrong. What am I going to preach? I see Christians who fall for the worldly narrative as if in our solution is political arrangements, is uh, human, is invite United Nations to do something. Invited United Nations, United States, they are our hope. No. See, every bondage on this earth is spiritual. The deliverance is also spiritual. So if you want any people delivered, see, I've told you, I've not, but from studying scriptures and then from observing what is happening in this generation, I'm telling you the word of God. There is no hope but revival. Revival is the only... That's when I say revival. The church has to be revived first because the church have prospered so much. The people of God, they have prospered so much so that their own solution to everything is hide. You know why? Because they have money. Like we are saying yesterday, that, no, Pastor Kimote was saying something. That, listen, that none of you here is poor. When they said that, I said amen. That people don't know what the cup of poverty. Oh no, you think you are poor. You don't know what the cup of poverty. Oh my God, may you not see poverty. Amen. That was not a prayer. That was a wish. I was just saying that. Amen. The way the way the amen just. <laughs> Did you hear that amen? I've seen. I served in the north. I served in Taraba State. Because I saw poverty. 
Funny enough, even, even down here, if you go to some villages, you will see poverty. You will see poverty. People don't know what they call You see, in medicine, we are taught there are three things about poverty. There's a triangle. Each one at the, at the, at the corner. Ignorance, poverty, and disease. Yeah, ignorance, poverty, and disease. See, ignorance, I think, is the highest form of poverty. When people don't have knowledge. It's not about money. Just to have knowledge. Do you know, a lot of sick people, when you look at why they are sick, you like, this sickness could have been simply cured. You live in a rural area. There are oranges growing everywhere. Fruits. Just pluck an orange a day and give this child. All this bleeding will stop. But they don't know. A lot of problems on this earth. Eh? In fact, prosperity itself, money prosperity, it brings some diseases because of ignorance. People don't know. Like some people, you know, they are so prosperous, they never go out in the sun. It's why they will get colon cancer. But they don't know. Prosperity. I was watching, he doesn't eat this, he doesn't, he doesn't, that's why he's not they chop anything. <laughs> you see, the man is a billionaire, he's very lean like this. You know, feeling very happy. The billionaire. He has not entered the sun in the last maybe seven years. Ah. You don't know that they're... Not to enter the sun. Ask okay, did he never enter the sun in the last six <laughs> And he's not a billionaire yet. <laughs> no, not to enter the sun. It's not hard now. Have you seen his car? Tinted glass like this. He parks near the, near the staircase. When he comes down, chicken. When by don't close door, song go they bounce on them and drive you know driving garage from there, open one door, enter room. That's what some people do day and night. They come black on top. <laughs> to now make it worse for some of them, they now live abroad. Where the sun is not even small. So the small that's it. They become they lack vitamin D. They start falling sick and they don't know why. Prosperity. You go and try all kinds of medicines. I'll be doing, you now start swallowing ginseng and rutubaga. At the end of the day, <laughs> God says, just enter the sun. You know, like, just, that is the person who lives where there's no water, who has to go down to the end of the compound to fetch water three times a day, gets five minutes of sun. Cures a lot of diseases. People don't know that. At the time when COVID was raging and raging, <laughs> I called my mom, called my parents in, I said, please, in the, just sit outside. Yeah, so then just wear, men don't need to wear a shirt. Women just wear sleeveless stuff, just sit outside. Make sure your legs are exposed. Make some beauty for like 15 minutes every day. That was better than a lot of vaccines. People did not know that. Now, let's go back to the issue of disease and um, poverty. People can be so poor. Yeah, people really can be so poor, you wonder. Because generally, you see, we've not seen poverty. So in our little, most of us, like we were saying that yesterday, most of us who come here, you know, once you can enter Heke to come here, you're not poor. Now you pay for that, Heke, you're not poor. So the, our solution most times to problems is hide. We kind of have something to live for. I don't know that you get my point. Something selfish. You have something to protect. You have a land <laughs> in the village. We have things like that. We have a house we will return to. So generally, when you hear this crisis, our, our, our reaction is hide. 
Because generally we are comfortable people. But you want to hear the truth? God has placed woe upon those who are at ease in Zion. Anyone who's at ease like that because he's comfortable, God has decreed woe upon the individual. So the church often has woes. In fact, take my word for this one. Eh? Not that the Lord said, but this is my observation. Nigeria's major problem is the church of God in Nigeria. You know that. The church of God's major problem in Nigeria is prosperity. You know, for us, it's normal. For pastor. Our pastor is tired. So up, we went to Dubai to go and do what? To go and sleep. You know, say, we they crazy. So. <laughs> Honestly, we do some things. I look and say, see, if I ever do that, eh, I will never tell you. Because it's a bad thing. Pastor, pastor, what if God has blessed you to that level? I will be setting a bad example. One day, a friend of mine told me something. I said, you know your problem? Too much money. So just thinking of, of um, just wants to relax. I said, okay. So he just wants to fly first class. He planned to fly first class to um, Dubai or Abu Dhabi. Then still like you, we just check into a hotel and sleep. Then after that, he'll come back. I said, you know your problem. I said, no, I told him, I said, too much money. You have prospered to a level, you start thinking stupid things. <laughs> Is it wrong to do that? I don't know. But don't ever tell us. Then I sleep, you won't sleep. Why you not go, just fly, go Calabar? What's wrong with Calabar? Fly, go Abuja now. Okay, go, go Atlantic. You just blow. First class ticket. Then check, check. I said, now, I'm not saying, you know, one day I, I sat with one of my aunties. So we're talking. She said, she doesn't know what's going on. That this kind of place she's using to eat. It's not the kind of place her mates use. So I looked at I got up, I just walked away. I was so angry. <laughs> I was so angry. Like, auntie. I don't know that against my phone. I was angry. I don't know. What I can't remember is what I told her, what I was thinking. That's the only part of it I can't remember. Because I could have told her. Let me not talk. I was so provoked. I just got up and walked away. I look at like this. And it's not your fault. Though. If you see the place we are talking about. If you see the place we are talking about, okay, let me just like at least it's high quality china. You know what they call china? You know, high quality, shiny, you no know, flat, beautiful plate. This is not the kind of plate her mates are using to eat. Look, by the way, in my house, I, you saw me yesterday in my carry a broken plate and put bread in. Because my wife used to fight with fire and brimstone if you eat bread without plate under it. Why are women like that? Say, my husband, you didn't carry a plate. I want to eat the bread. It's in my hand. Why do I need a plate? You're going to put crumbs all over the floor. So? Do crumbs kill people? <laughs> so, I learned long ago, in the interest of peace, not because I believe the principle, but... End <laughs> up, I take bread. I put a plate. So I have this habit because it's ordinary bread. It's just to catch crumbs. It's not as if like uh, they are, you are stacking the bread. You just want to eat. You know the way men eat bread. You know the godly way. You know just carry the bread and be. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, when I get to the kitchen, I look for the roughest plate. Yeah, because just to catch crumbs. For me, what is the big deal? Somebody now said that this is not the kind of plate my mate is using to eat. I just look like now my auntie. I just look like this. 
I shook my head. I got up and out of vexation, I left the place. That's what's doing the church in Nigeria today. We keep having ideas. And because of that, when you post a pastor to Meduguri, he resigns from the commission. In fact, we know how to sack people in ministry. We post them to Meduguri. I want to sack you now. It's not, it's not hard. See, this guy's on our ministry staff. The wife go born twins. He's not doing ministry now because those who are praying and fasting, yeah, why is not they born twins? So, what do you want to sack you? What do we do? <laughs> they don't have time. So we post them to Medugri, knowing that he's going to resign. <laughs> yeah, we started doing that. People just, once we post them to hard places, they resign. This will surprise many people. Post pastors to London, they resign. Some people are shocked. When you did Tush Church, Tush Church, when they post pastors to London, this one's they resign to. Why? Hunger. When you reach London like this, who they give you offering? Nonsense. Who will give you up for me? That, that what happened? What did you preach that you never, never preached on before? <laughs> it's in Nigeria. People that are a man of God. They give him neck, neck, neck. <laughs> you won't give you one big bowl of soup. <laughs> in, <laughs> in London, why go buy your own soup? Oh. <laughs> the church will put you on one salary, which is just normal. Now it's your birthday. It's your problem. Am I your father? Am I your mother? <laughs> but you know, in Nigeria, ah! Man of God's birthday. Hey! Some boys, they start church for birthday sake. Maybe it's your birthday in some of those countries. Nothing for you. Pastor, they will just greet you on Facebook. They will post you all kinds of virtual cake. Physical cake, shh, you know, go see. We have to find a way to eat virtual things, so because the amount of virtual drink, virtual cake, virtual every food that ah, people will even snap one bit and say, for your birthday on WhatsApp. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> the Lord is good. Now, what am I trying to say? So, you see, we have become so comfortable. Anytime time they put us into difficult places, we just get, we just I'm, What I've told you about, some people posted abroad. I'm not kidding. Because, see, a lot of pastors in Nigeria, we, they chop well. Let me say we. There's some areas. Ah, uh-uh. I was you know now. One day I asked Apostle, you not go home for Christmas. That time. He said, no, sir. I said, why? He says, harvest season. <laughs> he said, ah, the time to be dashing me rice. I will not say I'm traveling. Like, like, like. How they going anywhere? <laughs> the Lord is good. No, so a lot of times, you know, when we see, <clears throat> I don't I don't let me not finish you with gist. I've seen some of these pastors do. They come to a place like Enugu. See, the place is dry. Why? After church on Sunday, the, the uh, God bless you, sir. It's not enough. <laughs> no, I know one person in, in, in Nigeria. Look, is there any day that God bless you when they give them for Sunday? It's less than three million naira. It's a bad Sunday. Uh, sit down there. And the story I'm telling you is more than five years ago. That's, see, I'm telling you what the problem in the Nigerian church has been. So instead of us to be, you know, we are so comfort-centric, you know, we are centered on being comfortable that we abandon the real work that God has given us. 
They'll now meet people like my friend, Pastor Courage, who's in Sokoto. They say, what are you still doing there? Like, so what's wrong with what I'm doing there? I'm still preaching the gospel. What is wrong with preaching the gospel? They say, you can also preach in Abuja. You know, people who don't have any sense of calling, they don't have any sense of divine order. That is, God has an order they have set in place. They don't have. They now be giving counsel. Yet, they now want, the same people will now come and gather and say, well, if we can vote out this man and vote out this one and vote in this one, then the nation will be good. So let me just wonder of you pastors, you are misleading the church. But the real thing that brings deliverance, you have refused to do it. The real things that bring deliverance, you have refused to do it. Like I keep on saying to pastors, okay, you cannot go to the Meduguri, but you know people who can go. There are people who are there. They are not willing to leave. Just tell them that, okay, since we cannot come, your children, how are they? Say they are fine. They are going to school. Can we pay their school fees? Can we send you this amount of money every month? Will you prefer a car or a motorcycle? We'll give it to you, we'll foil it, and we'll be praying for you. Like I said that time, Zelensky, I'm not, say, I'm not taking sides in the Ukrainian war. Okay, Russia, Ukraine, what that's going on, not taking sides. But we should take a lesson from that man, Zelensky. United States and their allies, once Russia invaded, they said your number one target, that you are number one target of Vladimir Putin, and he knew. They came to depose the government. What happened that the war went bad. That's why Russia is still there. The plan was to depose the government in two weeks. They thought that they would overrun Ukraine. They didn't know the amount of determination the Ukrainians had and the support that they would get from the international community. Now, this is where I'm going. The first thing they did was to offer Zelensky to take... CIA was going to move him out, sharp, sharp. Get him out of the country to one neighboring neutral country, a country that is peaceful, that he can stay there and be running government, you know, virtually. <laughs> Zelensky said, I need guns, I don't need transport. That's what he told him. He said, give me weapons, I don't need transportation. He refused to leave. Is the reason why the countrymen are fighting till they die. Is the reason. They are fighting till death. If the war goes bad, he's going to die. He knows. But he's stuck there. He told them, what is it? They offered, oh boy, come. This guy is going to kill you. He said, I know. But this is my country. He cannot just run it over. Let me die in the process. You see, millionaire boxing champions, the, 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 the Klitschko brothers, they were enlisting for the army. Russia had to pull back. Russia was already moving towards Kiev. Oh, yeah, that man. These boys are not easy. America was giving them weapons. Europeans were giving them weapons and money. They drove Russia back. The reason why that war is just bad for them is that it's being fought on their land. Otherwise, Russia couldn't run them. Ah, but it's not a weapon. It's the people's determination. Christians should learn a lesson from that. We should. We should. What God wants from us is what I'm talking about. You see, the church, what we have just generally done is, eh, we just run, we go and hide. Meanwhile, instead of us to sit down on our own strategies, and that's the strategy I'm teaching again, that what God expects from, they said, true revival, true, true deliverance, people of God comes from revival. It doesn't come from all these political things. That's why I talk the way I do, and people, you know, this is supposed to be a digression, Abby. We'll, we'll, get, we'll, we'll just preach one day. Just, just, just. You know, people now say that, uh, what am I saying? I'm not saying uh, Christians should come together. You want to hear the word of God again? If you come together, at the end, there will be more divisions in the midst of you than before. 
Why? Is the decree of God. He's angry with people who speak but not by his spirit. Who gather his people around a cause not of God. I keep on saying it. What do we need? First, the hope for Nigeria is the church. The hope for any region, any group, any, any rural area is the gospel. To us has been committed the word of reconciliation. To us has been committed the word of redemption. We are the ones that we deliver the people through the preaching of the word. Not through any other thing. Many of the troubles we see, they are not new. Read your Bible. We were reading yesterday, said the headsmen of <laughs> Lot. And they, I said, are these headsmen Christ? It's not be today. <laughs> so don't think there's anything new that has happened. Solution is spiritual. I say it again. Solution is what? Spiritual. It's spiritual. The people that God committed the spiritual solution into their hands is you and me. So instead of us to use our energy, please, Church of God, listen to this correction. If you have this kind of energy, use it to pursue the bread that satisfies. That's what we're saying. Don't labor for that which is not bread. Don't labor for that which does not satisfy. That's what we're saying. Don't labor for that which does not satisfy. That's what we are doing right now. We are laboring for that which doesn't satisfy. The real deliverance that we need comes only through revival. And we have an assignment to spread that revival everywhere. We have an assignment. Each one of us, how can I participate, you will ask. It's simple. Just focus on an area that, let's take, like I told you, I'm talking about Eastern Nigeria. All right? Let's just do something, each individual. Just think about your home, that is, your village where you are from. Next time you go, just look around. Is there a church here, Seth? What are they preaching? Sometimes, now, I don't mean, well, I don't mean to say something bad, but forget the old people. Just even target the young. You know, you remember that uh, situation in which one particular community in Enugu here offered a church, a building. They offered accommodation for the pastor. That they should just post them a pastor. Do you know we couldn't find a pastor to go? And in one of our biggest denominations in Nigeria, Pentecostal Church, they wanted, listen, give us see. You don't have to rent hall. This is a hall. Where will the pastor stay? We'll give him this house. But please send a pastor. They couldn't find a pastor to agree to go. Why? There's no offering. That is our problem. You see, any place we don't occupy as the people of God, Satan will occupy it. Any place we don't occupy, Satan will occupy it. And your life is like that too. Any part of it you don't carry Jesus and pack inside. You can't help it. Even if they pray, you know, all this deliverance prayer, deliverance prayer, the, the evil spirit is coming back. Any time he comes back, he comes back seven times worse than before. Any part of your life, whether it's your health or anything, make sure that every day you bring scripture and fill the place with the spirit of Christ through the word of God. Because any place you don't occupy, Satan occupies it. That is the way it works. Let me summarize what I've said so, so far. People of God, listen. That's, I'm speaking to the church in Nigeria. That's what this whole talk It's not just about you sitting out here. I just pray that you spread the news to every pastor, to a can, to a PFA, to every church. They should know our deliverance is spiritual, one. Number two, we don't have all the time to play around. 
all the things we have seen around is for, should have been for us a critical warning sign. And I say to us again, we are being distracted by Satan. And we are falling for it. What should we do? Let's forget the distractions. Let us gather as churches and start driving the gospel again. Let's start doing crusades. Let's start doing village to village evangelism. And when we go, we just preach Christ Jesus. And I'm saying to us again, don't let people sway us. Don't let them sway us. They're actually looking for deliverance. They just want somebody who knows direction. Who has direction. Who's going somewhere. There's, somebody, there's something one of these um, security chiefs in Nigeria said some time ago. And you know, I never saw it from that perspective. He was trying to explain something. No, not a security chief. One of the government officials here in Nigeria. He was, saying, he was talking about development of people and all of that. So he said something that if our young men turn to crime, are you getting my point? I think he's a policeman or something. Yes, a police officer. He said, look, if I find I'm a robber, I'm going to shoot him. That's, he didn't say it like that, but that's a summary. That we will shoot them. He said, but how many of our young men will we keep killing? That's what he said. He said, look, if the guy brings gun, I'm going to shoot him. He said, but do you think I like shooting young people? He said, but how many? He was trying to say that, look, guys, this responsibility is not a police responsibility. Because the only thing the police can do is to finish the young people. And he was saying that it's not the right thing. That's what I said, that people are looking for a solution. You think the policeman just likes to shoot? He's tired. Because if, but if he doesn't shoot, he's going to get shot. And an innocent person is going to get shot. So to him, the best option is shoot the individual. He said, but is that, is, he, said, in fact, he said, how many are we going to kill? He said, okay, when we finish killing all the criminals, we'll have no young men again. So we'll, say, we'll have to find another solution. So that the men don't have to go to crime. That's what they were just trying to say. And that's what I'm saying. The church is the one that has the solution. Catch these young men and teach them the gospel. You know the truth? Hi, I pray we'll understand. You know, God is very good. If only people will turn to him. People say, what we need is to educate. It's not just that kind of education. You have to give people the right spirit. And the only way the spirit can come is through the preaching of Christ. No other way. And if that spirit comes, you'll be amazed at the kind of opportunities those young people will create themselves. You'll be amazed at the kind of opportunities that God has created that they will just tap into easily. But what's the church doing? We spend all the time fighting politicians. We spend all our time campaigning for political offices. We don't know where our power lies. Pastors want to talk. They want to educate us on how to vote. And I'm looking like, excuse me, you think this will will solve your problem? You want to hear the word of of God? It will not. Change the government 20 times. It won't. That was why they crucified Jesus, because he told them the same truth. And they want to crucify me now. And I'm really, I'm feeling so Jesus-like. I hope you get my point. Feeling so, feeling so anointed. Because they say, no, what we need is to raise an army and fight the Romans. Because if you, if you want to go that way, fine. At the end of 40 years, which was what happened, 40 years after Jesus Christ left, their house was left to them desolate. Please, Christians, Learn to think from the realm of the spirit. That's what I keep telling believers. We are spiritual people when we use the mind of God to reason. The Lord is good. Now let's see what I can do again. In the, we read where? Today was a Jeremiah season. So 
Let's go to Paul and Barnabas and Apollos anointing now. All right, the Lord is good. So, before I went into that, I began to explain to us that each one of us, you know, I went, I know, you know, there's a way the Spirit carries me to this place where I get to. So, I have to try and find the last thing I said. But I, I normally remember after small thinking. But by that I remember, time don't go. Then by the time we come back next time, it happens again. And I don't want to get into trouble. That's why I keep on doing it. I can stop it, but I don't want to stop it because... Now, so can I get the entire wall where you fall down and break your hand? I don't want to break this handle. I know what I'm saying. Those who have inside, they know what I just said there. Mm-hmm. I was saying, when I began today, I wanted to remind us that know exactly what God wants for each individual is not hard. The spirit is inside us, but the major problem we have is distractions, obstructions, to focusing on precisely what the Lord wants from us. And we're looking at the number of things that cause people to be distracted. We read from the, the book of Luke, chapter, uh, chapter 9, and we read also from chapter 12. Now, the first one, let me just remind us of that. That's the, the story, the lesson, the book of Luke. That's chapter, the chapter 9 one. What's the lesson for all of us? We must take the things of God as priority. Last time I explained that we are not doing these things for the Lord as a favor. We are not doing these things for the Lord as a favor. It's not as if, you know, God has been so good to me. Let me go and work for him. That doesn't work. I I hope you have understood it. It's very common thinking in Christianity, but it is erroneous thinking. It is wrong. Flat wrong. I'm not doing anything for God because he has been good to me. No. I'm doing things for the Lord because he commanded them. I'm doing things for the Lord because it is his instruction for my life. I hope you're getting my point. It's not like, oh, God, you know, I've heard people things like, ah, that time I was very sick, then God healed me. I promise from that day I'll be serving him. Lord, whether you heal me or not, I will serve you. If I'm dying, the last thing I'll do is say, praise the Lord. The Lord be praised. Nobody's preaching because God was good and he healed my disease. God, you will heal my disease because that's your job. Do you get my point? Uh-huh. It's it, it his job. It, am I the one that said I'm the healer? He's not the one that came and met me while I was sitting down, JJ. He said, I'm the Lord that healed it. Do you get my point? So he will heal my disease. Everybody say amen. amen. Say after me, say, the Lord is my healer. The Lord is my healer. He said so. He said so. <laughs> was it your idea? Did you go to him and say, God, do you want a healing job? <laughs> Advertise? <laughs> no. It's one that came and met you. I said, I'm the Lord that he led me. So there's nothing like, uh, I will not pay him back. I'm not paying him back anything. He does his job. Then he said, what? Do your own job. So whether he heals me or he doesn't heal me, I will do the one he said I should do. Why? He's a master. Even my children in the house, they can't come and tell me now that uh, uh, I won't do this until you pay school fees. You do why, what I say. Do you know why? I am the daddy. Oh, God, it's a powerful title. I am the daddy in the house. That's all. As for school fees, you know, clothes, food, and all of that, that's my job. That's my job. It's not about, um, it's not, there's no negotiation in it. 
There's no negotiation. I, I, don't, I can't imagine telling any of the children that after everything I've done for you. That statement, I don't think it ever come out from my mouth. I've, heard, I've seen parents, I've heard parents do it, say it too. Don't ever say it. Like one, one, one young man. <laughs> I don't know whether it's really but they acted a movie out of it. He wanted to marry a woman that was a white lady. This is America, is black. So the father, was it America or UK? But the father was very unhappy. You know, this racism issue. He met one young woman when he was in school. The woman is a white woman. The woman agreed to marry. So he can't. So the father was not going to look at, if you know what we went through, everything we did for you, the boy said, Daddy, please stop saying that. That's what parents are supposed to do. Please. <laughs> he got tired. Everything the father was telling me what I did, what I did. He said, Daddy, this is enough. What were you planning to not to do or to do? Did I come and beg you, let me come and be your son? No. You're the one that know how what happened and that I was born and they said, you are, you are, I'm your son. So you are just going to take care of me. Please don't even don't come and ask for anything in return. No, I can't make decisions again just because after everything you did for me. Don't talk to your father like that, but I mean, just think of it. <laughs> you can think it in your heart, but don't say it. But you don't ever say that. Don't say it to you, because it's your responsibility. In the same manner, God is our father. He's our healer. He's our provider. We're not doing anything for him because of what he did for us. We are doing things because we're born to do them. He created us for what? Good works, which he had ordained from long ago. That we should do them. So, the things that he has ordained, we are going to do. Now, in pursuit of those things, life can be hard. That's what I'm going to say. Life can be hard. And that is why sometimes people leave it until things are comfortable for them. And I want to remind us again that that is a very wrong attitude. You cannot leave the things of God until it is now easy. You know what I found? I have a story in mind. Somebody I knew long ago. He said, look, how do they are doing? They are doing full-time ministry. He said, he doesn't have time for that. Now, this is an anointed preacher. Very anointed. That, see, what he's going to do, he's going to go out and make money. And he will set up businesses. The way he has set up businesses, and they are bringing forth returns, they will not live and go and do ministry. Then people will know he did not come to ministry to come and look for money. And then he will be fed. He doesn't need anybody's offering that time. Now, when I was young, Paul said what? Paul said I did what? I spoke like a child. That was childish speaking. Please, that is a very wrong statement. If you had that thought in your mind, throw it away yesterday. I was going to say throw it away now. But now it's too late. Throw it away yesterday. No, you don't do that. You cannot leave the things of God. That's what we took from that Luke chapter 9. Only it is convenient. The person I have in mind who said that to me. You know the funny part? Till today. 30 something years later. He's still not doing the ministry. And he has not built the businesses. Who is it that says a thing and it comes to pass? When the Lord has not commanded it. Never forget that thing. You can't just get up and say anything you like. You think it will happen just because you like to say it. No. If the Lord didn't command it. Hey, may God not stand in your front to be blocking your will. Your donkey could jam war to save your life. 
and break your leg in the process. That was what happened to Balaam. And that's to save your life. Because if you continue, it amazes me that everybody who told me such a thing, either they stopped thinking it, or they never did anything about the work that God gave them. And you know the reason why? Because once you make God... I, you must understand something. When you say God is a jealous God, you know what it means? You must be number one. What did I say? Let me tell you one mistake that we all make it as human beings. And I want to know how the Lord reacts. I will stop after telling this little funny story. And many husbands have had this experience. Have you, okay. I know many men have had this experience. The one that happened to me that then I remember. My wife used to go and stay with her mom when she's about when she's almost due. Okay, so she would deliver and then so that they can help her out and everything. So I used to do good, be the one to travel to go and visit. You don't want I've not seen my wife in some weeks. Not like ten years, I mean just like maybe two weeks or three weeks. I was not going to I was not traveling. Of course, I'm coming now, I've reached here, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. That was when Benga was born. So my wife had two little children. Okay, Akinu was about two years old. In fact, his birthday was shortly. The second birthday was shortly a few days after Victory was born. So after Winger um, was born, so she had two little children. That's what I say. A newborn baby and a two-year-old. So ah, my husband, you have come. Oh, you're welcome. Then that was the last. I didn't see her again. You know what she was trying to do? Get everything set. <laughs> they not have time for me. By that time, all my zeal, all my love had frozen. The Bible says, because iniquity shall abound, the love of husband shall wax cold. That is. <laughs> and she didn't mean anything bad, though. He said, like, oh, my husband has come. Let me clear everything. So, from giving a little, a newborn a bath, feeding him, no, feeding him, then keeping him down, then getting the two-year-old, to base and then to go to sleep, then rocking the baby to sleep. I just went and sat in one corner and started singing, This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. <laughs> yes, I, f- I remember I felt abandoned. It was, I don't know how many years it took my wife to get the point. That no, the, babies, the baby had to be baited. Now, who said so? This baby did not bait for nine months. Did he die? <laughs> And as for the two-year-old, he doesn't even like to obey his anyway. So what are you talking about? <laughs> now, this is the point I'm making. We will be laughing, eh? But that's how we treat the Lord. And I want to tell you, that feeling I had is inside the feeling he gets. That's the meaning of he's a jealous God. Now, many of us want to do the work of God, you know, when it's, you know, when it's best, as far as we are concerned. But God says you are putting it second. So this one said, I want to follow you, sir. But I don't want any encumbrance. Let me just go and bury my father. The father was old. I'll just wait for a few years. The man may be sick now. When he dies, we'll bury him. <laughs> then I'll be free. And God says, you're not worthy of the kingdom. Do you know Elijah called Elisha? Elisha said, let me quickly go and tell my father, bye-bye. Like I said, she forget it. It was supposed to go home, settle with them, hand over the business. Because you can see it was plowing with how many pairs 
Is it 12 pairs? Okay. Of oxen. He's a big farmer. Man was going to go home, settle everything, and then come and follow Elijah. Elijah said, forget it. Is it, is it by force? What have I got to do? Is it, okay, I, I threw my mantle on you. Leave it now. Do you know, Elisha had to kill the oxen there. Ended that business and started following a man that had no career prospects for him. Following the law sometimes is like that. And that's what I want to bear in mind. The reason why many of us can't, is again, I'm back to it, is simply because we are too afraid. What will happen to me? Again, if God allows, last time I said the Lord allows, we'll pick up from that particular point. That's exactly where I stopped last time. We are back there again. So let me say it again. If the Lord allows, we'll pick it from this point next time. But please just bear this in mind. You don't have as much sense as he does. Life is not haphazard. He knows more about your tomorrow than you can. Look, you, can't even, you don't even know tomorrow. He knows tomorrow. He knows what you need more than you think you know. And that's how we read what Jesus said to us also. That listen, if he feeds the birds of the air, if he takes care of the lilies of the field, don't you think he will much more take care of you? I hope you're getting my point. Now what is going on is that we are just walking in unbelief. That's why I say it's all you of little faith. Let's just bear that in mind. I won't develop it more, more than that. But just remember, the person you are dealing with has more knowledge than you have. Next, don't forget this. Your own plan will not work. Let's bow our heads. That's all I want to just leave you. Your own plan will not work. Better find out this plan. Let's thank the Lord. Say, Father, we thank you again for